Welcome to Adventism 101. In this episode, Justin Tarosian will reveal to us who is to blame for all the pain and suffering in this world. We hope this inspires you and strengthens your trust in Scripture. So, grab your Bible and enjoy. If God is so good, then why is the world so bad? How many of you have ever had this question or had somebody ask you this question? Anybody? This question or a a derivative of it. Good God, bad world, why? Some people say, well, if he is all-knowing, he certainly knows what is happening on planet Earth. He knows about the pain and the misery, the suffering and the calamity that is happening. And if he's all-loving, then surely he wants to do something about it. And if he was really all-powerful, then he would do something about it. He would put a stop to it, right? This is the natural flow of logic, and this is a question that many atheists and agnostics actually throw at Christians and say, well, if God is so good, why is the world so messed up? If he's really all-powerful, why doesn't he do something? If he's really all-loving, then surely he would want to. So we're going to be answering some of these questions from the Bible together today, and uh, it's our hope and prayer that you you not only resonate with these answers that really, this is one of the biggest questions that humanity faces. Why? Why do bad things happen? Why do they happen to good people? Why do they happen at all? And so we're going to just look at seven passages quickly together and then have some Q&A. So save your questions till the end and uh, write them down if you're afraid you might forget them. Revelation 12 verse 7. It gives us, it pulls back the veil and tells us, War, or and war, broke out in where? In heaven. The Bible says that war first started in heaven. Now, when we picture heaven and think of the word heaven, we don't generally think of war, do we? We don't think of pain and, you know, difficulty and battles. But war originated in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. So this is where the war began. It goes on in verse 8 and says, But they did not prevail, that is the dragon and his angels, Satan and his angels, did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. And then it says in verse 9 that he was cast out with his angels to the earth. So the question must arise, how in the world, how would sin and how would war break out in a place of perfect peace and harmony? In a universe where where you know, the thought of, of pain or suffering was so foreign that it never entered anyone's mind. How in the world, in this universe of peace and harmony, did war enter into the experience of God and uh, the holy angels and really to the rest of the world? Well, we're going to find some answers in Scripture. Some of these may be familiar to a few of you, but I think that it will be new in a number of ways. So, especially to those who have had these questions themselves. The Bible pulls back the veil and gives us the answer. Ezekiel 28, verses 14 and 15. If you want to read more, here's a little bit of homework. If you want to read more and dig deeper on your own, Ezekiel 28, verses 12 and onward, and Isaiah 14, verses 12 and onward. It's easy to remember because 14 times 2 is 28. So Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14. And uh, so go to those passages Um, And you'll be able to dig deeper. But we're just going to look at this. God speaking here says, speaking to Satan, 
He says, you were the anointed cherub who covers. The Bible describes different types of angels, seraphim and cherubim. And the cherubim were those who were the closest to the throne of God. On the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament sanctuary, which we're going to talk about later this week, the Bible tells us that there were two golden covering cherubs carved out of solid gold that stood on either side of the mercy seat looking down at the Ark of the Covenant, which was a symbol of the throne of God. So in heaven, and Gabriel, by the way, when he came to John, uh, John's parents, John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, and he appeared to him in vision, and he didn't believe that his wife was going to have a child in old age, he said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. So a guardian cherub, or a covering rather, a covering cherub was one who was the closest to God. They would bear messages to the other angels, as angel means messenger. So he was not just any angel. He was one that was in God's closest circles. He was the very closest to God of any created being. It says, you were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect. You were what? Perfect. God says you were perfect in your ways from the day you, the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. So this passage tells us Lucifer was made perfect and um, Satan originally was made perfect, but iniquity was found in him. Iniquity is a... Uh, another word for sin, but it's intentional, high-handed, rebellious sin. So iniquity was found in him. This raises a number of questions. Does God make things that are imperfect? Like, does he create things that are messed up? No. Every time we see God creating something, it is good. It is perfect, right? So... Did God create an angel who had this little tiny bit of evil inside of him that just kind of came out? Like, how, how did this work? And how in the world could an angel who was the closest created being to God, the creator, how in the world, how is it possible that he end up deciding to rebel against his creator and choose to go his own way and be evil instead of good? How... This is really a mystery, and the Bible calls it the mystery of iniquity. And it's something that we can't wrap our minds around fully because it doesn't make sense. But there are some things that the Bible does say that we can know about it. God opens, kind of pulls back the veil again and shows us what was happening inside of the minds of Lucifer, this perfect, holy, created being. Uh, it says in Ezekiel 28, we didn't go there, but it says his heart was lifted up because of his beauty. And so that was a part of it. But look at this. God says in Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 14, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Verse 13, For you have said in your heart. In other words, we are getting to have an insight into what was going on in the minds of Lucifer. You've said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I, 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 I. Uh, Lucifer had an eye problem. You know, by the way, the letter I is at the center of the word sin. It's at the center of uh, the word Lucifer. 
And there's one more that I'm forgetting at the moment. Ah, the center of the word pride. The center of the word sin, pride, and Lucifer. I, the letter I, is at the center. Very interesting. Because selfishness is at the center of all of those things. Lucifer wanted eventually to be like the Most High. Now, a civil war broke out in heaven, the Bible says. Um, question, why didn't God just zap Lucifer out of existence? As soon as he started to go down this route and, you know, talk to the other angels like, oh, you know, God, like, he just wants praise for himself. He's selfish, right? Like, but what about us? He doesn't get, and he started kind of spreading these seeds of disaffection. Why didn't God just, poof, just zap him out of existence? Absolutely just destroy him back then. Ah, then it would have looked like Lucifer was right. That is exactly right. If there was a, ah, we won't have time for another illustration, so I'll just move on. That's exactly right. And so if Lucifer had told these lies about God, and then God, you know, and Lucifer said, he's not really a God of love. He doesn't really care about us. He's just about himself. And then God zapped him out of existence. The angels would have thought, whoa, Lucifer must have been right. God really is selfish. And he really, they wouldn't have understood and uh, also, they would have served God out of fear because they would have thought, whoa, if we step out of line, we're gone. We better knock it off. But it would have only been a matter of time before more Lucifers started popping up all over the universe. Because you know what is, more st or what is stronger than an individual is an idea. And the idea would have continued. And the question would have continued, is God really a God of love? God is indeed a God of love. And 1 John 4 verse 8 tells us God is love. The reason why evil and rebellion was always a possibility, the reason why going against God was a possibility was because loving God was also a choice. Does that make sense? As long as beings had freedom of choice, the option to not choose God was going to be there. And so no matter what, because love cannot operate without freedom of choice, there was always the possibility of rebellion. Last night, I saw a news article that caught my eye um, about Elon Musk. And I watched a little video clip of a TED Talk with him talking about how Tesla is now building robots. And he said, this is going to be way bigger than the electric car. And he said, you know, our goal is to have robots be able to be in, in every home virtually, you know, doing affordable enough for homes to own them. And they can do things like cook. They can, you know, show pictures to your grandmother uh, so you don't have to be there helping her with that. And they can do all kinds of these kinds of things. And um, I'll come back to that in a minute. But this is Amica made by a different company, not by Tesla. Amica is a very realistic robot that uh, facial expressions look incredibly human. Now here's where it gets a little creepy. People have been selling their voice. You know, your voice is very unique. The, the details of your voice, there's no one that has it. It's like a fingerprint, okay? No one else in the world has it. People have been for thousands of dollars, I think around $5,000, selling their face and their voice to this company to make ultra-realistic looking robots to look just like the person and sound just like the person. Now, that's creepy. I mean, if you've seen any sci-fi movies, you know this is going to end bad Like if, if, if this keeps going. You know what I mean? Um, Elon Musk said, don't worry. We're going to put a chip in the brain that can't be updated 
etc. can't be hacked from outside. Hackers will find a way. And imagine the mayhem that it would cause, right? He said, so that you could tell the robot, stop, 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 and it would just immediately shut down, right? So it's not going to be able to take over your life and that kind of a thing. And the guy interviewing him said, well, you know, what kinds of things would they do? Could it be like robot lovers and things like this? And he said, yeah, I mean, whatever people uh, decide to turn them into or whatever. And I thought, who would actually want a robot girlfriend or boyfriend or wife or husband? Like, they just do exactly what you tell them to do. I mean, some people might say, well, yeah, that would be great. Um, but really, a robot cannot truly love you. because, And it never will replace actual human intelligence um, and human you know, interaction. Because love must be a choice. And if choice is not there, then love cannot really exist. So that's why God didn't just zap him out of existence. Because of freedom of choice. He's a God of love. And for love to exist, choice must exist. But I had the question for years. Until about four years ago, I discovered the answer. Um, and I found out other people had known the answer for much longer. I should have just asked a friend. But um, I wondered, so why, if God is all-knowing, which he is, why didn't he just only create beings who he knew would choose to love him in response? You know, that would still honor freedom of choice. But he would only choose to create the ones who he foresaw would choose to love him and serve him. I was exercising one day and I was doing planks. And I was trying to do 60 seconds or 90 seconds or something. I think it was 60 seconds. I was getting back in shape. And um, I was doing this plank and my clock on my phone, my stopwatch was right in front of my face. And I, man, my core was just burning. And I was like, oh, and I got to 57 seconds and I just collapsed onto the floor. And I was like, ah, almost made it. And I could have got up and walked away and said, close enough. But instead, I started my phone timer again, and I did an additional five or six seconds so that I could say I made it to the 60-second mark. And that's when God struck me with the realization. Justin, the reason why I didn't just make beings who I knew would choose to follow me is because I'm a God of integrity. No one in the universe would have, nobody would have known if I had just walked away from my, um, from my planks, right? Nobody would have known but me. But because I wanted to be a person of integrity, I mean, I wouldn't have been a sin if I'd gotten up and left and not done the 60 seconds. But I wanted to commit, do what I had committed to, if that makes sense. And even if no other beings in the universe knew except God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they had stacked the deck, that they had, you know, it's like someone leaving a, a room when you're playing a card game and you stack the deck so when everything is dealt, all the good cards come to you. God knew that he would know. And he's a God of integrity. And that is why he did not only create beings who he knew would choose to follow him. So why doesn't God put a stop to war? People ask, why? If he's able and he's all loving, why doesn't he put an end to famine, to cancer, to suffering, to pain, to sin? And the answer is simply, he will. That is good news. God will. He promises us he will. Revelation 20 verse 9 talks about that when all of the wicked who have ever lived will be resurrected, Satan and his evil angels will be there, and they will surround the holy city that will have rested again on planet Earth. If you want more details on this, check out um, the message on the thousand years.
out of the N.Digital. Go to the N.Digital on YouTube or our website and check out a full message on this, but we'll just hit this quickly. The Bible says that as the wicked surround the holy city to destroy it, to try to attack God and his people, fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. God will destroy sin once and for all. Ezekiel 28 verse 18 and 19 says this, therefore, and he's talking to Satan here, God, he says, therefore, I brought fire from your midst. It devoured you and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. God speaks in the past tense, even though it's going to happen in the future, because it is as good as done. This is what he does in prophecy in the Old Testament. Satan will be nothing but ashes. And notice the place where sin began is where fire will come out of. God will destroy sin at the very core of where it started, in the heart of Satan. Verse 19, all who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. God says Satan will be completely a thing of the past. Sin and sinners will be destroyed. And the beautiful news, friends, is when God recreates the earth after that, on the ashes of, of the old world and of the lost, it says in Revelation 21 verse 4, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That is a day that I look forward to. How about you? Nahum 1 verse 9 answers the question, well, couldn't it happen again? Couldn't we just end up in a, you know, a sinful world again with someone choosing to rebel? God promises, he says, affliction will not rise a second time. That is beautiful news. And you know, part of the reason for that is because Jesus himself will be the only imperfect one, the only imperfect thing in all of the, the universe after this time will be Jesus' body. He'll forever retain his scars in his hands, and his, on his brow, in his feet. And anytime any being, a new created being, maybe a billion or 10 trillion years from now may say, well, what if I just don't follow God? What if I want to do my own thing? We can go to them and say, listen, let us play back the video for you of planet Earth. You don't want to go there. Or we could say, look, go to Jesus and ask him about the scars, the wounds in his hands. And when they hear the story of redemption that we're going to hear about in our next uh, message with Sharissa, the topic of salvation, that is the last thing that they will want to do because they love their creator. And affliction, sin, will not arise a second time. So friends, just in closing, before we take some questions, the real question is, you know, we know God is soon going to, Jesus will return to this earth. He will rescue us and airlift us off planet earth. And after a thousand years in heaven, the Bible says that Satan and sinners will be destroyed, become nothing but ashes. Satan and all his angels, they will be gone forever. But it's now that God is wanting to destroy, to remove from us the object of his supreme love, sin, which is the object of his supreme hate. Because sin is flammable in the presence of God. And so God is saying to us now, my child, my children, I want you to surrender these things to me. Let me purify you. Let me remove them from your life so that when I return, you're ready to spend an eternity with me on the inside of the holy city. Is that your desire today? Say, God, I want to be ready. Thank you.
you for listening to Adventism 101. If you like this talk, make sure you tell your friends. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening right now. This conversation was brought to you from the North New South Wales Evangelism Team and recorded during Big Camp 2022.